Welcome to the Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Smelser. The Daily Real Estate Investor Podcast is a shared journey of building a real estate investment property business from square one. Join me on a daily basis as we learn together how to conquer the real estate game to reach financial freedom. The podcast will have a new episode each day with one long form interview per week, as well as six shorter daily episodes to encourage you on your way. Together, we will learn from people in all areas of real estate and business in our personal trek towards escaping the rat race. Be you. Do the work you love. Play the long game. Hey guys, it's your host, Josiah, and I'm really excited to bring a great episode to you today where I interview none other than Brandon Turner of the Bigger Pockets podcast. The Bigger Pockets podcast has over 50 million downloads. So, yeah, it's kind of a big deal. You can follow Brandon on Instagram at Beardy Brandon. The guy's got over 28,000 followers. And, side note, he has got an absolutely rocking beard. So, mad respect, Brandon. Brandon just launched a new book titled How to Invest in Real Estate The Ultimate Guide to Getting Started. So, go check that out. Brandon's also famous for coining the phrase Burr Strategy. Burr strategy stands for buy, rehab, rent, and refinance. And I've used this on a number of my own properties to take control of the property, get it fixed up, get it rented out, and then refi and get my investment capital back to go do more deals. I'm so appreciative to Brandon for taking the time to do this interview. And I know you're seriously going to enjoy this. A side note, this was my first recording before I bought better equipment. So the sound quality is not the best but we've done the best we can with it. It's still a great episode. You're really going to enjoy it. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Brandon, what's up? It's Josiah. How you doing, man? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. I keep up with you guys on the podcast religiously. So are you guys, uh, are you in Hawaii right now? I am, yeah. Man. Yeah, I'm just uh, going to stay here for the winter, maybe longer. I don't know. Rough life, huh? Now, it's actually been raining a ton, which is ironic because I left because of the rain. Have you done anything cool down there yet? Eh, not really, actually. I feel like I've been working, like, the entire time. <laughs> it's people like me making you work while you're down there. It's good. I mean, I've been on the beach a fair amount. So yeah. That's, that's that's awesome. Have you done this Hawaii trip in the past, too? Is this, like, a yearly yeah, thing? I did, no, this is my second. Last time we went for a month, so okay. we all of all of April. Okay. And this time it's going to be three months. Uh, oh, wow. So cool. I'm slowly increasing my time here. Well, I'm, I got to say I'm jealous. That's great. I listen to the podcast, so I feel like I know a ton about you, and you probably get this from a lot of people. <laughs> Everybody probably sees you as like one of their friends, and they don't even know you. But, but anyway, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said something on one of your podcasts one time. You said something about there's always money in the banana stand. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm a massive uh, Arrested Development fan, so I was like, man, I think we're kidding. I, I wonder who would pick up on that. <laughs> well, I, I was a college professor. I taught finance and real estate for a couple years, and my sister for my birthday gave me a poster that said there's always money in the banana stand. I had it hanging up in my office, and people would come in and had no clue what that meant, and I was like, you got to watch Arrested Development. So, so yeah, I, I got a big kick out of that when you said that on the on the show. But So I graduated from undergrad in 2004, and got into real estate in 2005. I got into real estate through the appraisal route. I had a friend that left his boss and was going to start a little uh, residential appraisal company. And I was always really interested in real estate. I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and thought it was a great book. And it got, you know, it really inspired me. 
And um, so I was always just really interested in itching to get into real estate. So I, I, I jumped in trying to get my appraisal license, ended up getting my certified general license so I can appraise residential or commercial real estate. And I, I worked at CBRE for a while as a commercial appraiser and was a multifamily specialist there. So I've seen a lot on the apartment and mobile home valuation side of things. And I did that because I was really interested in investing in that, you know, that side of real estate at some point. I've also got my real estate license, which I use on deals that my partner and I do. So currently running the appraisal business that I've started out of my home and, and working on investment property stuff with my business partner. And I wanted to interview guys like yourself who have done this and have perspective and advice for others. Side note, thanks so much for what you guys have done through your show. It is it has blessed and changed my life. So it is it is it filled a void that was out there for me. Like, you know, just getting to hear all these guys you bring on and it's awesome, man. I love it. So Yeah. So question number one is what made you decide to pursue financial freedom through real estate investing? John Grisham. So uh you know the author of the yeah. for Yeah, right. So I, I was gonna be a lawyer actually. Really? Yeah, my, so I was like, I studied for the law school test, the LSAT. I took the LSAT. I scored pretty well on it, and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go to law school. So I started applying, you know, getting all the application stuff together. And in that process, I bought a house. And at the same time, I read the firm. I was like, man, being a lawyer sounds miserable. Because, <laughs> like, I could just tell, like, I mean, it was like story to story of working out, or, you know, eight, like every one of his books, like the lawyers are working 80, 90, 100 hours a week. And I started asking other, like, lawyers I knew, and they're like, yeah, that's pretty much it <laughs> for the first, like, you know, 10 years. But still, like, everyone, all the lawyers would be like, yeah, but when you get, like, 40 or 50 years old, like, you can retire with millions of dollars. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to work until I'm 50 or, you know, like, who yeah. can shit for 10 years of retirement? So right. John taught me that maybe being a lawyer wasn't a good idea. So uh, at the same time, I bought a house, and then I sold it, and I made 20 grand. I just made more than a lot of lawyers make their first, you know, half a year <laughs> yeah. when they're starting out. And I didn't even do any work for this. I just, like, bought a house. I mean, I had to remodel it myself, which was fun. And so that's, that's how it happened. And I said, well, I'm going to just do more real estate because that was a lot more fun than being a lawyer. And yeah. there's no cap. I don't have to listen to anybody else. Yeah. That's how it Man, that's, that's, a great, that's a great first experience. Yeah, I've, I, I found myself thinking the same thing. It's like, I got this advice, you know, I started off in public accounting, and it was a miserable experience for me. Uh, and I was, you know, working somehow, some weeks working 90 hours a week. And, uh, it's just like, they're like, yeah, you just, here's the roadmap. You just gotta, you know, climb the corporate ladder one day you'll get there and then you can retire with millions. And I'm like, so I get to have millions of dollars once my life is completely over. Like, how does this make any sense at all? You know? So anyway, I think you just kind of touched on this. Uh, the second question was, what was your first investment and did it turn out as you anticipated? So, I mean, you could call that first house that I bought, I mean, I lived in it, so it was just like a house, like a normal person house, right? Right, sure. And that worked out really well. I mean, I bought it, I picked it up, and I sold it uh, after a year of living there. And, uh, yeah, it worked out fantastic. The second one, though, is really my first, like, true investment. It was a yeah. flip. Okay. The second one was a flip, and so I bought it, fixed it up, put it on the market, and then this was 2008, and the market was crashing, and I could not sell it. So no, it oh. did not. It turned out, yeah, it turned out horrible mm-hmm. in that. But you know what? What I figured out from that process is, I said, okay, well, if I can't sell it, 
maybe I can rent it out. So sure. I rented it out and I found that I was actually making like $300 a month every month. And I was like, this is awesome. Dude, that's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. And so I started renting it instead. And that's, and, and uh, that's when I kind of discovered what I call today the burr strategy. Yeah. Where you buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Absolutely. Yeah, so, because I was like, wow, if I, if I buy a property with like short term money and then I fix it up, make it really nice, and then I go and get a new loan, uh, I can refinance it and then basically I have no money left into it. Yeah. So that, that is how I discovered Burr investing. So the Burr like, strategy. Did you coin? Strategy. Did you coin that term? Yeah, I think I made the term up. Man, and, uh, but obviously I did not coin the, stra- the strategy. No, yeah, as long as it's been real estate. Yeah, just coining the term is something that will make you famous. So that's, <laughs> I, uh, I like that term. Um, but believe it or not, I actually taught, I actually taught my students in real estate class, the, the Burr strategy. So awesome. y- using your term, like wrote it up there and everything. Perfect. So yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. So what has been the greatest obstacle to success in your pursuit of financial freedom through real estate investing? I would say like just not knowing, like, mm-hmm. cause there, there's like, I mean, yes, there's books and things like that, but like right. every situation is unique, right? So the biggest sure. obstacle is is the one that's in front of you every single day. It's like, well, how do I get this done? So sure. no money, no deals. I would say in the beginning, the biggest obstacle was how do I fund it? I had no money. Sure. And today, the biggest obstacle is how do I find enough deal flow? Right. Uh, right. Or actually, I would say the even bigger obstacle is how do you manage people to do all that stuff for you so you don't have to do it? That's a bigger problem. Today. Yeah. So absolutely. So, yeah, so I'd say that. But yeah, the, the money thing in the beginning was probably the biggest part, biggest okay. problem. So your yeah, so your your problems have have changed over time as as you've gone. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, so how has your strategy changed? Let's see. So when I started, I did everything myself. Okay. Uh, I did a lot more flipping. I would say a lot more. But I started because I wanted to be a flipper. That's what. Sure. I watched all the TV shows. Uh, my strategy changed a lot though, in that I've started buying more and more rentals, um, and then trying to scale to larger ones. So right. in the beginning, I'd buy a single family house. It was great. Duplex, great. Today, I don't want to look at anything under like 20 units typically. Yeah. I, mean, I still buy occasionally, but like I bought a 24 unit, then another 24, and then a 46 unit. Right. Uh, and so like these are the bigger, like I like that medium size. And I'm sure five years from now, I'll be laughing and being like, why did I ever buy a 24 unit? That's so <laughs> small. Like that's, so yeah, it's changed because I'm scaling. And here's the fascinating part. Is like okay, so yes, I'm doing a refinance right now, a conventional refinance okay. on a on a rental house that I own, a single family house. Okay, there is it's a sixty eight thousand dollar loan. It's nothing. I mean, it's a tiny little loan. right, right. I've I started that process back in April, refinancing this property. It's a birth strategy. Yeah, right? sure. I started refinancing back in April. We are now in February, so ten months. Oh of goodness. work to refinance this property. I finally got through all the, I mean, like I probably have a hundred hours of work into this refinance. That's insane. I got the paperwork. It's insane. I got the paperwork sent to me yesterday here in Hawaii. We had to go to a notary to do it. I printed it out <laughs> and the, the, the refinance paperwork was, what was that? A hundred and yeah, 147 pages. Oh my uh, and then goodness. Within that, there were 92 signatures in there. It took me like four <laughs> hours to sign paperwork on the stupid $68,000 loan. <laughs> Conversely, so like, I mean, it's absurd. I mean, it's just completely absurd. I've probably yeah. given them a thousand documents. I mean, oh they even goodness. made me write an essay. I had to write them an essay on the benefits of refinancing real estate. Like, explain <laughs> that to me, why a lender would require me to write them an essay on the benefits to refinancing real estate in order to approve a loan. I have no idea. Anyway, you're like, so do you want to make money or not? <laughs> you're yeah, the- <laughs> exactly. I'm like, 
this is stupid. I'm, yeah. like, showing them, I'm like, I can pay this off in cash today. Yeah. Like, anyway, so at the same time, a month ago, I closed on a, on a 46-unit mobile home park. Yeah. It took about 15 minutes of signing, like, three documents. That's crazy. And it was done. Did you do like, owner financing on that? I did. I did owner financing on that one. And so, like, it just shows, like, and I did a, I did a commercial loan on a 24-unit. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It took about 15 minutes of signing papers for that. Wow. And it was done. Yeah. Like, what I, my whole point is, like, when it's absurd the amount of work that goes into uh, doing small deals compared to big ones. Sure. Why my strategy is shifting. That was a very long-winded answer, too. Yeah. That seems to be what a lot of people kind of go through. I mean, you know, uh, you guys have had several guests on your show that talk about starting in multifamily, but yeah. just because the, just because the deals require so much more money and – you know, it's hard to get a broker to take you seriously when you call them and they've never heard of you and you're like, yeah, I'm interested in buying your 80-unit apartment complex, you know. It seems like most people kind of start off in the one-to-four family and then move over that direction. And I know Cardone is big on go big yeah. as fast as you can, you know. So, uh, Yeah, I, th- I don't think he's necessarily wrong on that. I mean, just like, like yeah. obviously there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a mental thing you have to get over first, and that's what the small deals are good for. Sure. But, man, I never want to touch another small deal again. How much <laughs> How much more work they are? It's absurd. Just being in Hawaii and having to go to a notary to sign a you know two thousand yeah. page document on your vacation. Yeah, yeah it's got to be a lot of fun. It's, yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I like, I was just like laughing at like how how many hours it took to sign a total oh. refinance for sixty eight grand. It's <laughs> absurd. Okay, so um, if you started over, what would you do differently? I guess if you started over with the knowledge you have now, is there anything you like? Would you just go straight into multifamily, or I would think, you? Yeah, I think I would go straight into multifamily. Probably. Okay. I mean, again, I, I I don't have obviously the knowledge. If I had to, though, I'd probably go straight into multifamily. I would probably spend a whole lot more time finding people yeah. who were amazing. Like, yeah. But I, if there's like one lesson I took from last the last couple of years of my life, it's like find people who are amazing at certain things and empower them to do those things Yeah. rather than trying to do everything myself. So That's good. yeah, I would have found people to work with who are awesome at finding deals, people who are awesome at doing, you know, number crunching. I heard somebody say a quote recently that said something like, oh, it was like for everything you hate doing in your life. There's somebody who feeds their family by doing that. <laughs> uh, and I really like interesting. That. Yeah. Have you had a regret during this pursuit? Has there been anything that stands out as like, why did I do that? Or this really, was a net negative on my life or is there anything that would you, you would consider a regret? There's a few deals that I should never have bought. You know, like that's probably the biggest thing is when I buy something that I'm like, why did I buy that? Right, right. Why right. did I spend the, Yeah. Why would I spend all that uh, time and effort to do? I mean, yeah, like a $68,000 refinance that took 10 months. Like, right. Why <laughs> go through that. Like I should have just in the beginning, just paid that property and just like, right. Screw it. I'm just going to, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I just really wanted that 30 year fixed mortgage on that property, which is why I was oh, yeah. for conventional. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, yeah. I mean, also just, just what I didn't realize in the beginning, which matters so much is that it's not about, it's not about like these one-off deals, like real estate is a business. And I wish I would have thought of that from the beginning. Yeah. Like this is like a business like McDonald's, like Michael like, Gerber. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Michael Gerber yeah. email stuff. It's like you, it's just the business. So like you establish yeah. processes and systems and not just in running it, but in how you get deals. Like, and that's so, that's yeah. so crucial, man. I totally agree. I think the quicker you can get your business system set up to kind yeah. of run, even when you're not there, you just start seeing things happen that, that you're like, man, that used to take me two hours to do. And now somebody else is doing it for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, exactly. that's such a great point. What's been the most unpleasant part of real estate investing for you? 
paperwork. Paperwork. Yeah. I hate. Yeah. I hate paperwork. I hate. I hate all that stuff, the LLC stuff and the accounting <laughs> and the bookkeeping. And, like, I try to outsource it, and, like, it just gets more work. Like, I hired an assistant, yeah. and, like, my workload went up because of all the mistakes <laughs> that she was making, which goes back to my point earlier. Like, hire professionals to do professional work. Now, right, Like, right. I, would, I would try to save money. I'm like, well, I'll just hire someone in-house, and she can do that, and she can pick up my dry cleaning. You know, like, that yeah. just doesn't work. <laughs> Getting the right person well, in, the right, in the right position is everything. So It's everything. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And, like, paying people to do the right thing instead of always trying to save money. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Mistake I've made. Absolutely. So what so on the other side of the coin, what's been the most enjoyable part of it? Hmm. I mean, I'm in Hawaii right now. Yeah. <laughs> the rent, all the rent came in. That's great. So, That's great. Yeah, I mean, really it's 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 that. It's also just like I actually just I mean, even deals where I don't make much money on, like I just enjoy doing them for the most part. Yeah. It's just fun to see something turn around. Yeah. Uh, and and grow bigger. But really yeah. like yeah, all I love that, but the passive income like or passive ish, right? There's no Yeah necessarily passive, but it's passive issue income. Uh, It's it's just nice to get that money. Going back to the beginning for you, why did you decide to go this route? My thinking at the beginning, and I still agree with it today, is that real estate is the most assured way for the average person to achieve great wealth. Like there are obviously extreme examples in the stock market or in business or in, you know, whatever, where people make incredible wealth and financial freedom through other things. But like, I'm watching like the Wolf of Wall Street the other day. <laughs> crazy and, movie. You know, like a yeah, crazy movie. And they're like talking like, like I don't understand anything they're talking about. And I feel like you have to be so wicked smart for that. I'm also watching that show Billion, very similar thing. Right. In the show Billions, they're like, these stock traders are incredibly smart. And I'm not that smart of a guy. And so I'm like, yeah. in the beginning, I was like, well, real estate is something that like any moron can do, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, you don't have to be very smart to be able to figure out how to buy a house and make sure that, you know, as long as you understand the basics. Yeah. It's, it's okay. So anyway, that's, in the beginning, that's why I went through real estate versus anything else. I mean, I still pursue entrepreneurship. I last year I tried to start a, uh, a sunglass sale company that we sold wooden sunglasses with my brother. Cause he was yeah, because he was trying to build an online business. I told him I'd help him with him. Sure. And like, I love doing that stuff. But I mean, there's a reason 90% of businesses fail. I don't know if I could say we fail. We just we never really got off the ground because it took right. a year of just fumbling around and sure. never doing anything. So I'll, I'll call that a failure. Sure. So like, you know, with that, with that, like, it's just. It's so hard. It's almost like a gamble to wonder whether you're going to be succeed or not versus real estate was just like, oh, if I just keep buying properties, right. I'm going to succeed. <laughs> right. like as, long, as long as every property I buy gives me a few hundred dollars in profit yeah. every month, if I just have enough of them, I'm going to succeed. And Oh, there's so many houses. There's millions of them out there. Yeah. I'm not inventing something. I'm not waiting in the market to tell me it's a good idea or not. It's right. already a good idea. Everyone knows yeah. that. Yeah. So, well, yeah. and just the idea that I don't know of any other asset that you can you can literally go out and acquire on house money. You know, you refi yep. out of it. You don't have any of your own money invested. You you put some you have sweat equity. You have your time invested, but you go out and acquire this thing, and then you have a debt, and someone else pays it off for you, and you get to put yep. extra money in your pocket. It, to me, it's like a no brainer. Like, yeah, you're right. The average Joe can become wealthy through this through this channel, and it's not it's not overnight. You know. There's a lot of work involved in it. It takes time, but it works, you know? So, um, okay. So have you ever considered giving up and, and if so, why, and what kept you going? Cause you're obviously still, still working here and doing this and doing well at it. So, yeah, I, I feel like the only time I ever really thought I would give up was at the very beginning when like I first decided I was going to do it. It was around the John Christian time. Right. And I, yeah. I remember calling my parents and I told my dad, 
I'm not going to law school anymore, Dad. I'm going to become a real estate investor. <laughs> and he said, Brandon, if you do that, you're, you don't have any money. You're poor, barely out of college, kid. Right. You're, you're going to your tenants. He said, your tenants won't pay rent. You're going to lose everything. You'll be living under a bridge. It's like, the, and I was like, "Oh man, you're right. What? If I don't have any money. I guess I better. I guess I better go back to like. It was like that negativity. And, and you know, everyone's got that story of like Uncle Gary or Uncle Bob or Uncle Jim who did real estate and failed at it. Like everyone has that. Like, well, remember Uncle Jim? He tried that thing, and, yeah, he, and he's so, living under a bridge now. Exactly, he's living under a bridge now. And so, like, I almost like I remember almost like thinking, okay, well, my dad's right. I there. That's too. Like maybe when I'm rich someday, I can do real estate. Uh, and that's when I actually, I went to Google, I typed in what to do when tenants do not pay rent. I remember this and I found an article and there's this article from somebody, the article was called what to do when tenants don't pay rent. And it was like this amazing article of ideas. And it wasn't even like, I didn't even have any tenants. It didn't matter. The point yeah. like that to me in my head was there are answers to this question of what do you do when tenants don't pay rent? Yeah. There are systems, there are processes, there are, right. there are millions of people doing this. Uh, that actually, that that article was on this site I'd never been on before called biggerpockets.com. Yeah. And it was a tiny little website that like nobody was on. And that's when I fell in love with this idea of bigger pockets and what got me connected originally to yeah. them. And that's what led to me being at bigger pockets today. Which, which man, I'm so glad you did. Cause it's, it's, it's blessed so many people. It really has. Well, thanks. So, so awesome. Thanks. Okay. So is there a certain return you look for when you're deal hunting? Like, do you have? Or do you focus on cash on cash return on ROI? Is there another metric? I mean, I know it's kind of, I know you're kind of looking at the big picture, but is, is there something that you're like hard stop? I'm not doing that. I'm not doing this. And then something that like you're like okay over this over this threshold, I'll I'll I'm interested. You know. Yep, I, I got four metrics that I that I look at. And okay. again, like you said, there are there are give and take. One might be really strong and make the other one less. But generally, right. I won't buy a deal unless it accomplishes four things. Okay. Number one, I want at least $100 on a multifamily property, which is generally all I'm trying to buy nowadays. On a multifamily, I want at least $100 per month per unit. Right. So a duplex, 200, a fourplex, 400, uh, 24 unit, 2400. I want at least that. On a single family, I'll do it for two, like when I would buy them, I would do it for $200 per house. Gotcha. $200 in profit cash flow from a house every month. So that's the first metric. The second metric I look for is it also has to give me at least a 12% cash on cash return. Okay. So on my cash flow, I need 12%. Uh, and of course, that could be, I mean, if I'd buy property for 2% cash flow, if I knew it was going to go up in value sure. tenfold over the next year. So sure. obviously, there's some give and take. But sure. generally, 12% cash on cash. Right. I want a 15% IRR over time, mm-hmm. internal rate of return. Right. And I, I, I don't even generally even do the full IRR calculation on right. a spreadsheet. I'll just say, overall, over like an overall return can I make 15% on average over the life of the loan if I'm going to hold it sure. for five to 10 years? Yeah. So 15% overall, that includes the sale at the end. Uh, and then fourthly, I look for at least 20% equity in every property I buy. Now, that could be a down payment. I might just go put down 20%. Or right. what I would rather do is burr it into the 20% equity, and that way I have no money into it. Yeah. So, And I do that because I want to make sure that the market could drop 20%, and I'm still not underwater. Absolutely. If more than 20%. I'm underwater, but whatever, I'm renting it. It's not a big deal. But I, I want that cushion 20%. So anyway, those yeah. are my four metrics I look for. Nice. Uh, and, you, and, it, and that also allows you, yeah. many times, you know, lenders are looking at 75 to 80% loan to value yeah. on, the, on these one to four families. So it allows you to burr out of it, you know? 
Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. I want to be all in at the end of the day, yeah. 80%. Uh, and ideally, actually, when I'm doing a burr, like, especially on a smaller deal, like, I actually want to get 70% because that gets me even easier. Oh, yeah. The banks are only giving you 70 now. Yeah, sure. Um, sure. But that's getting harder and harder with deals today being so hard to find good deals. Yeah. I'm finding that I'm, ha- I'm having to push a little bit more, put a little bit more money sure. into them just to make them LTV out at the end. What Do you push your term out as far as you can go, or is there a certain term you like? On the, uh, um, you pushed it out to 25 did. years, or what are you shooting for on that? Yeah, I always did as much as I could because my goal was to get cash flow, right? Um, which I want the longest term possible. Lately, though, I have been working on shrinking those down. In fact, I've actually paid off three properties in the past year. That's great. Uh, and I want to pay off my entire portfolio in the next 10 years. Ooh. Um, so that's kind of my, my plan. I've got 96 units right now, and if Ooh. I can have 96 units, yeah, well, some of those are with partnerships, though. Actually, sure. a good, good chunk of them are with partners. But if sure. I can get 96 units, and each one was averaging, you know, at that point, with no mortgage, they should be averaging several hundred dollars per yeah. month in cash flow. Yeah. You know, three, four hundred dollars a month each. That is a good retirement. Type, Absolutely. You know, zero yeah. risk. Yeah. Zero risk. Yeah. Which I love leverage. I think leverage is fantastic. Right. In, in, but at the end of the day, I don't, I don't need a billion dollars. I just need enough no. to pay my bills, travel the world, have fun and not work and Paying off properties sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I know we're running short on time here. Let me ask you, if you had three books that you recommended for someone starting off to become financially free through real estate, what three books would those be? Good question. And I know uh, you've written. I know you've written. I know you've written books. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I would. I would actually. So like, I mean, I obviously wrote the the No and Low Money Down book, and I right. wrote one on rental property, the book on rental property investing yeah. and managing. But I would actually preface all that with somebody who's just starting. I wrote that The Ultimate Beginner's Guide to Real Estate Investing, uh-huh. it's a free book. little PDF. Amazon yeah. for free. Yeah, it's a PDF. Yeah. You can get it on Amazon Kindle for free. Anyway, it's like 20,000 words. That's just like the overview because yeah. like, I, like, I don't know people – like I don't know if they should do rentals or flipping. I don't know if right. they should do commercial or residential. Like, right. They need to figure that out, and that's what that book was. It was like, here's everything the real estate world teaches you. Sure. Now you figure it out from there. Sure. Okay. So I go with that one. Uh, others, okay. uh, I was going to say also, yeah, EMS I think was fantastic and The One Thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, those are two business those are great ones. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. those help the business side. Cool, man. Cool. Man, thanks so much. If you're yeah, ever no if you're problem. ever in Alabama, I'm in Huntsville, Alabama. If you're ever down this way, holler at me. I'll take you out to lunch. And, I and, will. Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. And appreciate all this. And yeah, oh, yeah. let me know how I can help. Okay. Thanks so much, man. See ya. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I'd love to connect with each of you. So please hit me up on Instagram at Daily Real Estate Investor or on Facebook under Josiah Smilser. I'm also on LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and other social. Check out the website with the podcast and blog at dailyrealestateinvestor.com. And tune in tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Real Estate Investor. And do me a massive favor. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review for me with your thoughts, and share the show with your friends. Your support means the absolute world to me and know that I'll do everything within my power to help you reach financial freedom through real estate investing. I love each and every one of you and believe you're capable of far more than you think possible.